Welcome to the Leadership Meets Life podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Phil Berge. Every month I challenge you to connect action and wisdom on your leadership journey. Each podcast features a leadership tool or approach to apply immediately to your work and life. And I draw from my experiences as a business owner, a nonprofit executive, an educator, a process consultant, executive coach, and pop pop. If you'd like to dig deeper, you can find these episodes and more on leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com. Join me as I bring some theory, a little humor, and tons of results-oriented wisdom served up in about 20 minutes while you exercise, drive, or whenever you're ready to grow. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Phil Berge, and I'm excited to share this fourth episode of the Leadership Meets Life podcast. Today, we're going to take a look at one giant reason that we find making major changes so difficult. To do that, we'll draw on the work of the late William Bridges, an author and organizational thinker who helped leaders of all kinds understand the important role of what he called transition and how it fits into any change process from dieting to changing careers to getting married to changing business models or any other type of change you can think of. Oh my, I just ended that last sentence with a preposition. Well, you'll forgive me. Okay, let's get started. Sometimes for more vulnerable examples, I use myself and my own stories. I mean, think about it. I know the stories, some of them all too well. I don't run the risk of embarrassing anyone else. Well, maybe my wife, Yvonne. And I'm highly unlikely to sue myself. At this point in my life, I've moved way beyond having a muscular and toned young adult body, and even beyond what was politely called a dad bod, to what is now really a pop-pop bod. Pop-up, by the way, is what my grandchildren call me. So my pop-pop bod serves me pretty well much of the time. It, it gets me from point A to point B on foot or bicycle or kayak or paddleboard. Thanks to my grandkids, I'm skiing again, so back on downhill snow skis. But over the years, I found a few extra pounds that apparently others had lost, and over time, that accumulates. So I went about the simple task of losing weight. Deciding to make the change was actually rather simple. I had acquired more weight than I needed, and apparently there are ways to leave those pounds behind for someone else to pick up. You just need to decide what weight loss strategy to use and then do it. The change process to lose weight is actually a rather simple concept, and it works with one rather hefty caveat, the transition phase. In the words of William Bridges, it isn't the changes that do you in, it's the transitions. Bridges developed an approach to change theory that goes something like this. There is change and there is transition, and they're profoundly different from each other. In the words of Bridges himself, change is the external event or situation that takes place. A new business strategy, a turn of leadership, a merger, or a new product. The organization focuses on the desired outcome that the change will produce, which is generally in response to external events. Change can happen very quickly. 
Transition, however, continues Bridges, is the inner psychological process that people go through as they internalize and come to terms with the new situation that the change brings about. Empathetic leaders recognize that change can put people in crisis. The starting point for dealing with transition is not the outcome, but the endings that people have in leaving the old situation behind. Bridges concludes, change will only be successful if leaders and organizations address the transition that people experience during change. Supporting people through transition rather than pushing forward is essential if the change is to work as planned. This is key to capitalizing on opportunities for innovation and creating organizational resilience, he says. End of quote. So let's unpack that a bit. Back for a minute to my weight loss example. I want to make a change. I find a weight loss strategy that has worked for others, and I decide to make a change. At this point, it reminds me of a fun math problem told by Robert Keegan, a theorist whom we'll look at in, the, in my next podcast. Fourteen frogs are sitting on a log. Three decide to jump in. How many are left on the log? Now, there's a big part of you wanting to say the answer is 11, but in fact, 14 would be a better answer since deciding to jump in and actually jumping in are not the same thing. So when I decided to begin a plan to lose weight, that was an important step toward a change in my life. I researched it, compared options with how I'm wired and what might work best for me, and, and I made a decision. But as some of you know, all of that is the easier part, deciding. Doing, that's a different matter. Star Wars Jedi Master Yoda famously said, do or do not. There is no try. So true in many ways, Master Yoda. Recall what William Bridges said about transition. It's the inner psychological process that people go through as they internalize and come to terms with the new situation that the change brings about. I can try to internalize me 20 pounds lighter, and I'm also very capable of conjuring up a pretty compelling image of a Wawa soft pretzel, Byler's maple walnut donut, or even a healthy glass of 1% fat chocolate milk. None of them in isolation is evil or even bad, of course. But life is built one step at a time, one decision at a time, one execution of that decision at a time. Committed in the morning and just trying in the afternoon can work for one day, but not day after day. Again, William Bridges, Quote, the starting point for dealing with transition is not the outcome, but the endings that people have in leaving the old situation behind, end of quote. Now, this isn't the place and this podcast episode isn't the time to debate pros and cons of dieting or the role of willpower in changing habits. To focus on that now would, would miss the point of differentiating between change and transition in leadership and life, which is, of course, the focus of this podcast episode. 
And there are plenty of good resources to tackle those other related topics, including the work of James Clear and his book, Atomic Habits, which I'll include in the program notes and would highly recommend, by the way. Well, enough with my quest for a perfect pop-pop bod, although, by the way, I did lose more than 20 pounds. And I found a few of them again. So the journey begins and continues. Let's ground Bridges' model of change and transition in an organizational context. A number of years ago, I worked with an established nonprofit organization as they struggled to make a strategic change to position them better for growth. It was a beautiful process leading up to the decision to make the change. Lots of education about why making the change would lead to success. Surveys, interviews, focus groups that surfaced much needed information about the potential difficulties and the political landmines that lay ahead. Yay team, good work. Well, of course, you know where this is going and to be vulnerable yet again, it's the biggest challenge leaders face in their work with change management. I believe, sometimes naively perhaps, but I continue believing nonetheless, that most people want to move toward health and growth. Most people, when taken seriously and truly heard and given opportunity to invest themselves, have good intentions. And yes, I'm sure you could email me and tell me a number of stories of someone who definitely didn't have a have good intentions and how you were burned and i'm sorry it happens it's it's part of leadership but i choose to believe that most people will choose health and growth and have good intentions <laughs> and of course so did the three proverbial frogs on that log right well the organization i was working with finished the planning and deciding phase and and they launched they made the changes with minimal challenge really about six weeks later, the grumbling began. It was largely quiet and, and covert, nothing obvious, nothing too risky, just some grumbling and a little posturing by those least convinced that it was a good idea. As the weeks rolled on, the grumblers gained ground with a small continuum forming. It ranged from those who were tapping back into their doubts to those who amazingly questioned whether they were in fact included in the decision-making process, which, by the way, they definitely were, and by the way, they did vote in favor of the change. So what's happening here is, what, how does this happen? Well, it's, it's basic human nature, for example. I had made the needed adjustments in the past and was comfortable where I was before the change was made, and now I'm very much aware, both psychologically and physically, how inconvenient and annoying this change has become. I don't enjoy making the adjustments to this new change. Why did we do this? Why did they do this? Why did they do this to me? Ah, the human condition, right? Change especially transition, is hard. It just is. And you know why? Because it involves loss. And most of us don't do loss well. I'm going to repeat what I just said. Change, especially transition, is hard. It just is. And you know why? Because it involves loss. 
and most of us don't do loss well. Now, look, you might be the exception, and I'm happy for you. You can turn off the podcast now if that's your situation. You have much more important things to do than listen to this podcast. But for the rest of us who struggle with loss of all kinds, and especially loss of someone or something special, I'm fine if you keep listening to the rest of the podcast. Even as I write the script for this podcast, two people in my life are on their deathbed. One is older and ready for that final transition. The other is my age, and no one, and I mean no one, is ready for that loss. We're never ready for loss. I lost both my parents when I was in my 40s. I was born late in their life. Yes, I was a surprise. So they were 88, 91 years old and ready to transition. Me, not so much. Sure, I didn't want them to experience a low quality of life, but it was my loss too. And even though I know we all die and that my parents had lived meaningful and successful lives, we're never ready for loss. And that's the point of the Bridges model. There must be an ending before a new beginning. The first three phases of transition after change occurs, whether strategic, planned, and chosen change, like my nonprofit organization example, or sudden, unplanned, and very much unchosen, like the global pandemic and the zillions of related changes that followed, some chosen, some not so much, this first phase of transition Bridges calls ending, losing, and letting go. The second, by the way, is the neutral zone, and the third is the new beginning. But let's touch briefly on each separately. And by the way, I'll be developing the Bridges model more fully in my next blog post in two weeks that you'll find at leadershipmeetslifeblog.com. Ending, losing, and letting go. Sounds fun, right? No, not fun, but so, 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 so necessary. In some ways, beginning a phase before ending the previous phase is a type of continuing, isn't it? We bring too much stuff with us from the former that it feels like it's still there even in the new. So take time. Admit reality. Grieve loss. Feel pain. Say goodbye. Begin letting go. Maybe you're changing careers. Maybe you're ready to transition into retirement or whatever else we'll eventually call that phase now that many of us live for several decades after so-called retirement age. What do you need to leave behind? What are you willing to let go? Who can help you with this ending, with the loss, with, with letting go? Take it seriously because this is work that doesn't happen on its own, this ending. The second phase in the Bridges model is the neutral zone, and if you thought the first phase was tough, most of us find this phase the most challenging. As Bridges puts it, this neutral zone is about, quote, going through an in-between time when the old is gone but the new isn't fully operational, end of quote. He cites the Old Testament Israelites and the biblical story of Moses leading them through the wilderness for 40 years, a time during which they began the transition from 400 years of slavery in Egypt to a new beginning in a promised land. 
An important note about our current context. Despite the decision to make a historic change in a, an official stance regarding slavery, the USA and many other countries have been in transition in the neutral zone for a long time. In the case of the United States of America, the Emancipation Proclamation decision in 1862, and again, by the way, in 1863, as well as the end of the Civil War in 1865 and the June 19, 1865 announcement in Galveston that, it, that slavery had ended, which as you know, was enacted only this year in 2021 in the US as Juneteenth, 165 years later, all of this making the decision, read making the change to end active enslavement of people now, honest people know all too well how difficult the journey has been in letting go of prejudices, assumptions, mental models, images, redlining, and changing too many legally enacted laws and outright injustices on scales local, statewide, and national toward creating genuine space for a new beginning. This second phase, this neutral zone, as Bridge calls it, doesn't feel neutral when we're in it. Instead, it feels like muddy turmoil, chaotic confusion that often gives way to gloom, discouragement, or, or even worse. Ask anyone who lost a loved one way too early. They can describe a murky and tumultuous hell. Part of this middle phase is seeking realignment, finding new patterns that provide meaning, and watching for glimpses of what could be next. Thankfully, the third transition phase of this change model opens to a new beginning. Again, in the words of William Bridges, quote, this is when people develop the new identity, experience the new energy, and discover the new sense of purpose that makes the change begin to work, end of quote. Well, I don't know about you, but sometimes new beginnings start by acting our way into the new, even if we don't fully feel like it. Today's neuroscience studies provide compelling data that show behaving our way into what's next is actually the best way forward. For example, so far I haven't found success in waiting until I feel like exercising. So remember Bridges' model. Change is not transition. It leads to transition. It begins with ending, loss, and letting go. And then it moves to that challenging neutral zone before a new beginning. You know, while I still occasionally crave and, and sometimes have a Wawa soft pretzel or a Byler's donut or a 1% fat chocolate milk, I will also say that they're not as satisfying as I remembered them being. And after exercising, I'm glad I did it. And that nonprofit I was working with, well, they went through a deep trough. They lost ground. They experienced leadership changes before they made it out of that neutral zone. Their new beginning came later and looked very different than they had expected. And isn't, isn't that the way it often is? Change happens. We, we do our best to end what was to own the grief of our loss and to begin letting go in order to enter that middle neutral zone where we grow. Sometimes we grow kicking and screaming and sometimes we allow past experiences to soften 
what would be a rougher or a more difficult learning phase. And at our best, we, we choose health and growth. We move forward. There's no need to discard the past. It, it's often helpful if we treat it honestly. And there's no long-term value in fearing the future at the expense of enjoying the present moment. Living in the past is at best boring and at worst dangerous. Living in the future is a mind game and often one that disappoints. So live fully, build on your past, prepare for the future, and, and make necessary adjustments along the way. Share your journey with others. The truth is we need each other. I wrap up this podcast with a saying you've likely heard somewhere along the way. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Please let me know what you found helpful or interesting in this podcast. I really enjoy hearing from you. You'll find a deeper dig into this William Bridges model in my next blog post launching in two weeks at leadershipmeetslifeblog.com. Be sure to check it out. My podcast next month will feature a topic that you'll want to add to your learning toolbox. It'll feature the work of Robert Keegan and Lisa Leahy and their approach to dealing with what they call immunity to change. Would you do me one favor? Share my leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com with your friends and other leaders who you think would find these episodes interesting and, yes, perhaps even helpful. And finally, if you haven't already, please subscribe and follow me as we connect wisdom and action for your leadership world for wherever leadership meets life. I want to give a shout out to my podcast producer, Jennifer Miller, owner of Strategically Connected, your source for a fractional chief marketing officer. She's amazing to work with and performs marketing miracles. Thank you, Jennifer. Goodbye for now.